G'day and welcome to Nutritious Conversations. I'm your host, Duncan McMartin. My intention is that these chats with my guests add as much richness to your life as they do mine. And you too can be inspired to indulge in nutritious conversations with friends, family, and complete strangers. Big love and enjoy. G'day and welcome to episode one. My guest today is Lindley Aaron Rice, a beautiful friend of mine. And we've aptly titled this conversation, Revealing the Wise Woman. And you'll certainly see why as we delve into the wisdom and all things that Lindley brings into this world. The initial conversation starts off with a discussion around her background in a band called Chuggernaut and how they actually fronted for Iron Maiden, which is quite apt because Maiden was that phase that she would actually talk about of those years. Then there was the movement into what she calls the mother phase as she birthed her first child, and the experience of that was quite traumatic. But instead of staying in the trauma of that, Lindley had the courage to step further into the innate wisdom that birth is a natural process, and how can she reclaim her power back and apply that wisdom into the birth of her second child. And she did that through the connection of the innate wisdom inside herself, but also connecting in with incredibly amazing, wise women who reinforce that understanding. Now, there's a new phase that she's experiencing at this point in time, which is called the MAGA phase. And that seems to correlate with a physiological change and a psychological, emotional and spiritual change of perimenopause. Now, it's front of mind for me because my gorgeous wife is actually experiencing this phase in her life. And what does it all mean? And how do we unpack this from a bloke's perspective in that as we have understanding about this, we can hold space for our gorgeous partners. So anyway, sit back, enjoy, big love, and I'll see you on the other side. Cheers. G'day. Welcome to Nutritious Conversations with Dunk. And I've got a lovely, dear, dear friend, Lindley, with me. Um, we're going to explore, I, I reckon, so many different areas. Um, the richness of this conversation is is going to be incredible. But actually, before we kick off, um, what book are you reading at the moment? What book am I reading at the moment? <laughs> I've got uh, four on the go. I've yeah, got, um, uh, I'll have to remember the names. One of them's Becoming Real. One of them is um, the Menopause book by Susan Weed, um, who's a herbalist. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one's by Lynn, and- Lynn Andrews, and it's a sham- shamanistic um, approach to menopause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's all men of the menopause stuff that I'm um, yeah reading at the moment or you know if you like to not call it menopause it's you know that journey that we have um yeah from after being the mother in that that fertile phase of our life biologically fertile and so you know I I guess creating a space for other fertility of where can we what can we create with this um this new energy that's being actually freed up from where it was previously Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah. Oh, God, we're going to get into some juicy stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting one. It looks like we're, well, let's head into the menopause side of things. Or actually, probably a question I've got here. I mean, one of the things that really sort of sits, you know, um, in in my space is is understanding the different phases that we actually go through and also the importance of initiations through those phases, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and... And I know, you know, today is the Beltane, start of Beltane as well. 
Um, actually, what does that mean to you? What does Beltane mean to you? Well, it's the um, the it's that real beautiful spring energy of um, fertility and um, blessings of the abundance to come from the season. Um, so, yeah, in the in the past, obviously, they would have had those massive um, bonfire um, ceremonies and had the the uh, the goddess and the green man um, to create these beautiful rites of um, you know, literal blessing of the land, basically, and people would roll around in the fields, um, <laughs> making yeah, yeah. love and like, yeah, and blessing the crops. So, yeah, for me, it's just like a real time of um, the celebration of abundance and gratefulness of of what we've got. And and I love the mystical side of it too, like thinking about the goddess and the green man, and yeah, like the interaction of yeah those yeah. beings and deities. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because you look at it. Um... So the green man. What, tell me about the green man. I I haven't heard that term before. So it's just it's just the god of the forest, basically. The forest. So it could be um, you know Pan or um, uh, for, I I can't pronounce it probably like Sununos or um, yeah, yeah. So just these different. Uh, it's the antlered antlered god um, yeah. normally of the of the hunt. Yeah. So you know he's kind of like the the rutting stag, I guess, um, in the forest and chasing down the the um, earth mama maiden. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. To create this new life and um, the, the beautiful solar gold, the Gaia green abundance, and yeah, they're coming together of it all for, yeah. It's a beautiful <laughs> dance, isn't it? You know, and I think, see, this is what I, one of the things that I think we've really, um, if we look at the totality of society or, you know, certainly in the society that we're sort of existing in, there, there seems to be this sort of lack of, um, ceremony and presence and uh, you know for me ceremony there is a ceremony and symbolism is does have a a power to it um i i think at a basic at a at not a basic level but at a, at a core level it's the it's the grounding it's the presence it's the it's the taking stock it's the satin return sort of concept you know where have you you know um how's your life to now to now you know where are you at this point in time and where's we looking for in the future and i think those stop moments are really important and and but also to get out of your own you know ego and to yeah. step into something far far greater that i wrote a poem a little while back and i'll have mm-hmm. to i have to write it I, i've got to probably tweak it a little bit but basically it was it was about dancing with other with people with no face and and the dances we have with with people we never meet, but yeah. like the house we bought here was a dance with the people who mm. have their journey, and they you know they ended up separating, and that created the opportunity for this place to come available for then us to step into it. But there was a timing with that, and so there's this beautiful little dance that we actually do in in life. And I think you know the, the presence that you actually have, you know you you you're able to sort of tap into the dance of, of what you're in. And I think that's where ceremony and, and symbolism and, and exploring those festival sort of concepts are so important, you know, and I, I love that. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I noticed yeah. you've just come off a bit of a, um, there was a, a ceremony you've just done with the, I saw some beautiful photos of, you know, yeah. a bit of a smoking ceremony. It looked like in the, in the, <laughs> In the bush. I don't mean a couple of darts. <laughs> <laughs> That's back in the Iron Maiden days. <laughs> yeah, or definitely. 
Juggernaut, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in the band days. Um, yeah, but no, we had a beautiful ceremony for, um, so it was on the full moon night and, yeah, preempting Beltane for on Sunday. So, yeah, we just had a, um, a woman's circle um, on my beautiful friend's land. Um, yeah, and the circle inside and then we wandered out to the um, to the land, down to her, her river that she's got on her property and just had a real blessing of the, the land really and the waters and, you know, our intention for um, her land, all land, um, ourselves, the people, um, and then the water is just so beautiful to have there because <clears throat> it can carry, I just feel like water is such a carrier of um, these intentions too. It's so much easier to imagine you know, when that water and the river's flowing, you know, it just becomes a part of everything. So it's, mm. yeah, it's really special to have water right there um, when oh. you're doing these ceremonies, yeah. I love yeah. that. I think, mm. I mean, the water is, uh, it's it's really interesting. I just, um, I'll be interviewing a guy on um, on Friday, a guy called Peter Andrews, and my sister actually works with him and, um, and her partner. And one of the things is, is, is how, um, how our interaction with the land has actually dis- disrupted the movement of water and the flow of water and and I think you know as you're seeing you know just tapping into water and it's you know just the presence of water actually has a has an incredible um ability to to heal to ground I mean we know jumping in the um, I love it to do an ice bath which is oh. cold water I prefer to jump at a very cold lake would be even better which I did you know, the, in the ocean and stuff like that, but the grounding of water. Yeah, it's um, – are you seeing – I mean, again, we're, we're seeing a real embrace with the feminine into the into the sacred feminine and the expression of that. We're seeing – and, you know, and it's an interesting because I'd, I'd love to chat to you about the sacred masculine as well, which I, I think mm-hmm. is an interesting one, especially being a mum of a – you got got a lad. Yeah, two boys, <laughs> you know? yeah. You've got two boys, that's right, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and having, you know, and, and being such a beautiful, strong feminine energy that you are and and that you you bring to this world, you know, to look at how how we nurture both aspects yeah. within ourselves, but within right. both those. But um but yeah, so you what are you noticing with the with the, the women that you're you're surrounded with? You know, what's what's coming forward? Obviously the you know, we'll we'll get into the you know, the, the movement from the mother to the to the I've got to pronounce this right because if I say MAGA, it sounds like I'm in America. MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it's the crone. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with my, um, you know, I've kind of got this um, original circle, I guess, um, of women who um, all came together in uh, early 2019. We first started um, circling um, together and, you know, every kind of new moon or um yeah, all the wheel of the year events like Beltane and all the other, all the other ones that go along with it. And yeah, where are we going? What have we been exploring? Um, kind of purpose and joy and acceptance. Um, yeah, all all of those kind of things. So, and, and we have been exploring either masculine and feminine, like um, how we create that masculine kind of container for ourselves to. Uh, have that safety for the feminine to flow mm-hmm. um, freely. Um, so yes, creating it in our lives with the actual masculine is perfect, and and other times we need it for ourselves as well. I mean, def- I've been exploring it because I am very um, 
imaginative and chaotic, I guess, with, um, you know, my energy is just spiralling everywhere all the time. And I do find it quite difficult to go, what shall I do with this? Because like, it's almost can be paralyzing if I, you know, when I have this intention for what I want to do with it, mm-hmm. but it's quite hard to, I find it difficult to bring that in. So I've had to, you know, bring in more, I guess, masculine principles of like, okay, so just what are three things that I need to do today? Mm. to say that I'm moving towards what I want to create rather than just me. I mean, there's a big dreaming and imagining is huge. Like that's where all my ideas, you know, come from and writing and scribbling and all these different books. And yeah, it's just actually now I need to go bring this together so it can be more focused to, Mm. yeah, um, guide (laughs) others to find these things as well. So yeah, let's explore. Yeah, yeah. To express that, I, I I saw a representation of the masculine and feminine. So the, the feminine is this beautiful sort of circular grounding. The masculine is there's a very directional side of things. But when it's married, it has this beautiful mm. almost, yeah. um, actually it's funny, we've, we've got this chandelier in this house that we bought that looks like a DNA strand, you know. Uh, <laughs> it just sort yeah. of and it goes around. And as I'm doing that, I've just caught my eye and it's, you know, there is this beautiful sort of directional flow and when we have that married within us, you know, mm. and connected within us. Um, you know, I, I think that's what we find, you know. And yeah. life, life is chaos, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. life has chaos probably is probably a better way of yeah. saying it, isn't yeah. it? And, it, and it's, mm. it's, when we, it's when we actually then come into presence, then all of a sudden we can we can move the the chaos off to the side and just find a direction within it sort of thing yeah just quite amazing but so but yeah so we, tell me a bit about your journey oh, we've got to go there we've got to go there for the uh battle of the bands iron maiden <laughs> <laughs> this is a very former life for you wasn't it oh it was yeah it, it feels like almost a different person ago <laughs> now but um yeah and basically i just started playing drums when i was uh 14 um got straight into a band pretty much with some uh, boys from school and we were all you know right into Metallica and Iron Maiden and (laughs) and all that kind of stuff so um yeah I just wanted to be in a band straight away and luckily got into one and then so by the time I was 16 I was playing in gigs basically um every weekend and the so mum and dad would have to come to some of the pubs because I wasn't old enough to to go but um yeah but because I was in the band I was allowed to with mum and dad um yeah for a little while and eventually they didn't have to come anymore um yeah but basically just played in covers bands um yeah most weekends for my life up to about 2000 um and we got into we started our originals band um Chuganaut and we did really well um for I, I look back and I think, man, well, I wonder what we could have done if Facebook and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, because Facebook only just kind of came in on that last year that we were together in that mm-hmm. 2009, 10 period. Well, that's when we started jumping on it. It's probably around for a bit longer than that. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but but we did really well, I think, for the underground kind of scene, because we were probably, but um, I guess we kind of called ourselves twisted metal or alternative metal. Um, so we were heavier than the general rock, but we weren't as heavy as some of the, you know, like the death or the thrash um, metal bands. But yeah, yeah. yeah, we did heaps of playing. We won the World Battle of Bands. We um, opened the Big Day Out in New Zealand. Um, I think it was in 2006. That's when like Slipknot and System of a Down were playing, which were 
couple of my favorite bands back then and that I wanted to see and yeah and then we opened for Iron Maiden which has always been one of my um favorite bands we we got um we actually won that by um people voting for us throughout um New Zealand to 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 open um so yeah enough on the radar obviously to even be in the running for it but um yeah so it was that was yeah obviously big highlight of the the career being able to play for one of my um yeah i come for one of my favorite bands ever and that's incredible yeah. <laughs> what yeah you, you couldn't have worked that out i mean this is the thing is so you find in life this life is not about this 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 um right i'm gonna do this and mm. force my way and this is these are the steps i'm gonna take it's this this incredibly beautiful um you know uh you know play gym <laughs> yeah. of going into life and all of a sudden you find the expression as uh, as you look back, you just go, my gosh, how did that happen? And how yeah. good was that? Yeah. Which is yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And it was, yeah, and it was cool. And then, you know, we I had children. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then came out of band scene basically. So, um, yeah, so that's why it feels like another life ago because it's, yeah, it's like then and now kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's almost like sometimes we, we go through several lives in one life, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It, it feels like. Yeah. And I think definitely. that's it. So birth. Let's let's have a chat about birth because I think that's probably something that's really it's something that's a passion of both of ours. You know, yeah. um, I've probably, you know, mine was probably a little bit more historic, but it's coming into now I've moved into the granddad of six kids, yeah. six grandkids, well, which is awesome. beautiful. Um yeah. being a young granddad, hopefully. Um <laughs> I had grey hair before the, 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 the kids, the grandkids came along. So I can't <laughs> I can't attribute that to them. But but birth is 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 such, you know, because we, you know, as we go through the different phases, and I guess this is, you know, there is this theme of um, you know, birth, life and death. Birth, mm. life and death. Um as we have also and I'm starting to see this a little bit more. Something coming forward as we as we breathe in. There's that's you know we're we're breathing that in. It's like a birth, and mm. then and then there's the presence between the birth and the breath out, and the breath out is the death. You know, yeah. you almost look at it. That is one of the things that I'm looking at. But that 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 space in between mm. is the magic. You know, that's that, yeah. that's the presence sort of thing. And I think we see these patterns over and over. But talk, talk to me about your experience of. Or with birth, you know, if you if you're yeah. happy to go there, yeah, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, I think the yeah birth and pregnancy and um yeah has been a huge catalyst and for my, for my life where I've ended up now. Um, with my the pregnancy of my first son, I was you know I was going to have a home birth with him, and um, I had this. I was very sure in my body's. Well, I told myself I was very sure in my body's ability to to do this this is what I'm created for um and you know so I just that's the idea that I liked what I what I did in my first pregnancy was I actually didn't face my fears and I only know this afterwards um and so then what happened was I had quite a traumatic birth experience so everything I didn't want came to pass and um, yeah ending in you know massive massive labor at the hospital um and uh, uh, what are they called? The injection that goes into your spine. Um, An epidural. Yeah, epidural yeah. didn't work on my left side. Um, mm. So, 
yeah, and that that was what kind of really caused a lot of, um, I think, of the trauma because it was probably about a good 20 hours of having my right side numb and my left side fully open. But mm. And then going through the whole hospital processes of all these you know, false form that the syntocin and that that gets the labor going really strong. Mm -hmm. um, so experiencing that with no, um, yeah, no relief on the mm -hmm. left side until the very end when I had the, um, the had to get it right, obviously to, um, to the cesarean, which was at the end. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that was a big, big journey. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still, I can still feel tears behind it, you know, yeah, like yeah. with, um, with um, separation, we were separated for about 14 hours, yeah. Mm. So that was always the thing that got me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Still does. And um, yeah. I've worked with this grief um, a lot, but it just still comes through when I feel that, I feel it. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that was, yeah, I'd, I must have had um, PTSD, I think, after that and didn't really realise for um, probably a good year and a half until – I realized it's not actually normal to have the sadness constantly be crying. I mean, I'm quite an emotional person, but I was crying <laughs> way, way, way more and um, <clears throat> perhaps not enjoying things um, that well. And so I had a, I had a hypnotherapy session, which really, really helped. But then when I got pregnant with my, um, my second son, um, I realized, oh, wow, I'm going to have to, you know, really face all these fears because I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to go to the hospital again. Um, and, but yeah, I had to face all these things. What if I do go to the hospital? What if this happens, you know, and kind of look at everything so I could actually move into that space of surrender. Mm -hmm. um, and I really trusted the universe so much more with this, um, with that pregnancy. So I had literally no scans, no tests, um, nothing. Um, I just wanted to trust my body, my baby, the universe for, you know, what was going mm. to happen. And so I had this like beautiful um, home birth um, with him and um, it was, it was everything I literally asked for. So once I'd moved through the fears, put them to the side, then I focused on what I wanted um, to experience. And yeah, just had a beautiful mm. home birth um, at home and he was born in the, in the hallway outside the, <laughs> outside the toilet. I managed to get off the toilet and, um, didn't uh, so I didn't realize I was so close to having a baby when he came because you know of my previous experience and 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 I think my surrender like to to the process was just um, unreal and probably the most um, spiritual experience I've ever had of my life as well. Um, so I remember after having him, I was sitting on the couch breastfeeding him and I was saying to my midwife, um, "I feel I I keep floating." outside of my body and going into the hallway and watching myself give birth over and over again. And, um, and she was, and she was the most beautiful midwife you could ever imagine having because she's, she's a midwife that has midwifery in her blood. Like mm. she, it's in her bones. And um, so she just knew it and she goes, oh, you know, explain to me the, the, the veil is thin basically, you know, when you've, when you've, given birth or when someone's died around you or these times when that veil is really thin and so we have this different kind of um, I guess ability or you know mm. um, you do the time the timelines are kind of different and so I was mm -hmm. actually able to witness this um, thing so 
think she gave me some like aconite or something um homeopathy <laughs> yeah, to try yeah, yeah. And bring me back into my body a little bit it wasn't scary it wasn't like i was mm. losing myself i was fully present but i was just able to also <laughs> go there wow. as well yeah what, so that's probably an... the most yeah, amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's incredible. I, I, I thank you, thank you for sharing that. I, I think it's the thing that I'm, you know, well, as we we're chatting off camera, you know, both my beautiful kids are born at home, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, but my mother was a was a midwife and she was a home birth midwife. Yeah, that's as well. so cool. Yeah. yeah, so you know, which is quite amazing. Well, my late mother, she passed away um, about 11, 12 years ago now, and um, but. But what was really fascinating about it was was you know I was so young as well and um, and the universe really held us both you know um, this is my um, ex partner and um, and you know and to see I remember one moment during her birth um, with with Callie our daughter and she was in the bath here we are in the suburbs of Brisbane and uh, and she's in the bath. And she goes, no, yeah, she goes, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then it was just this, there was almost like this, she just dropped in. Mm. And there was this utter surrender. And it was, I still remember it. I, I Like, I, you know, Kelly's 30. So, you know, 30 years ago, and I still remember that moment of just this utter, it was almost like the world stood still. Mm. The time stood still. And, and it was it was so beautiful and then she ended up birthing we hopped out of the bath and birthed on we had a mattress on the ground and and i remember catching callie and oh. you know everything was quite swollen down there and i said it's a bird girl <laughs> like, so it was, everything was quite different is it you know everyone's a 22 year old just going yeah no it's, <laughs> there's, there's not the full tackle there it's the different <laughs> So, you know, but it was that beautiful moment of of yeah. of, of utter surrender. But I, I, I find it interesting too, because I love the biochemistry of it. You know, I've um you know, really done some beautiful journeys on uh, a, a couple on ayahuasca um and um uh, you know, four beautiful ceremonies um with psilocybin uh, with the you know the beautiful mushrooms. Yeah. And and that's under under guidance and under yeah. you know, a beautiful medicine woman and a medicine man that hold that space. And it's interesting when you actually start to look at those moments of surrender and and the upregulation within our chemistry of serotonin into dimethyltryptonate, which is DMT. Mm, That's yeah. what we find I- I- incredible, and and it's almost like it gets our mind out of the way, so our soul can then be there, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and you and I think birth is an incredible an incredible opportunity. Um, and it's interesting because I'd love to have it. There's a couple of guys who talk about synchronicity. You sit down with a blokes at the, there's a men's group I go to. And we're having an ice bath. We're having a coffee afterwards. And they're all tradies. And, we, and they said, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, 20 years in corporate and walked away from the pharmaceutical industry because it just mm. was so not in line with where I was wanting to move and ended up, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm kicking off a podcast and they said, oh, what are you going to cover? And I said, oh, look, I've got this beautiful woman. We're going to be talk- talking about birth and premenopause and all that. And the next minute, they're talking about how that they wanted to have a home birth, um, you know, and the other one, yeah, we had a home birth with our kid. And I'm looking at them and I'm going, you're bloody tradies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 wouldn't yeah. have, you wouldn't see that it was there. And I'm thinking, I've just been dropped into this beautiful group of men Yeah. that mm. that on the surface you would not think 
there there is that sort of depth of connection and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i and you know from from a male perspective being able to hold space mm-hmm. you know um and also what i'd love to do and, and you certainly you know it sounds like the you, you your first experience with birth you know it's and I, I love that you know you how you sort of navigated the second birth not negotiated mm-hmm. but you navigated the the second birth as a do i need this do i need this medical approach to it you mm-hmm. know and if you felt called to then that's great but i think what it was was the power that sat with you to make those choices because i know with kelly and cameron there was on both of them there was no scans done you know and and and, you know again there's not nothing if if somebody chooses to go to that avenue as long as it comes from that authentic authentic choice yes um but we had there was a when i was part of the home birth movement up in queensland and and i mentioned to you that my wife and i were the at one stage, secretaries of the Home Women Free Association, which was incredible. But yeah. the birth stories you would actually hear, you know, this this knowing um, one lady in particular just said, I have to lie on this side, I have to lie on this side. And the way the cord was sitting was if yeah. she had laid on this side, it would have occluded the cord, you know, yeah. and just that yeah. knowingness to actually sit on that side, mm. you know, and to be able to, you know, and even, um, you know, looking at... Um, I can't remember the term, but a posterior birth and stuff yeah. like that as well, and the ability for the body to birth in that space. Yeah, it was yeah. was just utter incredible. But wow! So, how did you face your fears? How did you, you know, prior to the second birth? What what are some of the things that you did to really love yourself in that space and yeah. and open that up? Yeah, and I I guess this is what kind of brings me to where I am today as well. Um, the best thing I ever did was went to a home birth. Um, support circle and um, that space was just so incredibly healing because it allowed me to sit in this space of um, women who had all birthed and you know um, were mothers and my story was kind of heard for the first time with um, this you know just compassion for my birth not just the at least you've got a healthy baby kind of response you know because that's what you get and then you feel really shit for feeling um upset about your birth you know like you're almost not allowed to and so just being in this space of of women and being heard um of every everything that happened you know from um being uh checked um for the dilation which you know caused which basically I think was the pinpoint of which caused all of the series events of not being able to move forward. Um, and yeah, so they were just magic, magic women. And, um, and that's where I also met um, a beautiful woman was there who is called Carla and she is from healing birth. And she, um, yeah, she, we had a few sessions and she, she just helped me move through everything so much to like release the guilt that I held, you know, so much guilt for um, everything that happened towards, you know, my, the, my son and, um, and being separated and mm. all of these things and, and not laying any blame onto anybody else, you know, the hospital just doing their procedures and that they have to tick the boxes or whatever. And it's, um, 
yeah so just just moving through that with those women was amazing and my midwife um as well moving through all of the kind of history of what happened with my first son and there was a lot of grief there because you know we we realized from the notes that he didn't need to be away from me for all that time Mm. that he was just kept there because of the time it was you know during the night and if you know if different things had happened like if a midwife had been there with me to say, hey, the baby needs, uh, it was just, so there's a lot of grief realizing I didn't actually probably need that length of separation. Um, mm. And yeah, I think it was just, yeah, that the woman holding space for me um, to fully process every feeling, everything that's coming up um, and sit with every fear. And that's why my midwife was just, a spectacular woman because everything I'd say well how you know if like you know my placenta's um you know sitting in my over my cervix so I can't have the baby and she'd be like oh well this will happen this would happen and we'd need mm. we'd know we'd need to. and I was like okay she knows exactly mm. you know I just felt so safe with her and I know um I think you know all midwives are incredible obviously but it's also that this beautiful knowledge that I feel mm. so important for them to have so they feel safe in there yeah and she so strongly had that so i was so so grateful to have a midwife like her and um yeah so that that was where it all came from was was beautiful women holding space for me and then and then i mean i take my credit as well of my intention to you know to do that (laughs) as well and and process it and not sit in fear you know because i could have used my fear the opposite way of just giving everything over to um, forces outside of me and treating mm. it like a medical um, condition. So, you know, so I do take my ownership of, you know, my journey mm. with that as well. But yeah, yeah these really. beautiful women were where where it where it came from. They held the space. Yeah. It's it's interesting because there's there's a, there's that importance of sovereignty, but there's the the beautiful um being held within a within a, a group or a tribe. Yeah. You know? Um but then there's the wisdom that sort of sits in the elder, you know, with the midwife yeah. side of things, and and the and the beauty of an elder is not to to rescue, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's to hold the space so you come forward with your innate knowledge, yeah. yeah, and that that you know instead of a an outside in approach, it's an inside out where it's yes. like, you know. You you have this intimate relationship with the instead of a knowledge that that is acquired, you have this intimate relationship with the birthing of your own wisdom, you know. Yeah. And there is a birth that sort of goes on with it, which I think's you know incredible. And I think mm. you know this this is what we probably find, you know, the wisdom of knowing if there's a placenta previa going on, you know, and you can sort of lean on, you know, you can sort of lean into that space of knowledge from the elder and to go, how do I know? Oh, this would this would be what happens, and the gentleness of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the gentleness can be quite direct at times, you know, to, yeah. to to bring you back into grounding, sort of thing. And I think this is the beauty of, you know, it's funny how it's sort of moving you into this, this new sort of inquiry for yourself, you know, in, in where you're actually heading. And I think, yeah, we'll keep stay with the birth for a little bit because I think this is what's really interesting. The thing that popped into my head. The two words, guilt and shame. You mentioned yeah. guilt. Was there shame there as well? And, and what are your thoughts on the words, those two words? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty big. Um, 
pretty big human emotions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and self-inflicted um, mainly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there was shame there, you know, like um, I so wanted to achieve this that first birth and you know I really I really talked up my um you know what what women could do and what I was going to do and you know so mm -hmm. I did yeah it was like a um bit of a smack you know smack down of ego I guess as well of um mm. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay yeah, so I didn't yeah you really it really highlighted different things but yeah I mean I I I still experience, you know, guilt and shame, but I try to use them as tools now, I guess, to, mm. you know, deeply feel into where they're coming from, like kind of the more root issue of why that's happening. Is mm. there something that I can do <laughs> to, mm. um, you know, alleviate it? And because, I mean, that's how I work with fear now too. I mean, um, because that was the, the, the way that I navigated that um, second pregnancy with fear um it, it feels like it gave me that toolkit of how i can deal with fear now um mm. with whatever comes up so you know there's a lot of um stuff out there where it just seems like you go okay just don't think about the fear and just focus on what you want and you know maybe that works to an extent with some people but i but i just found by really sitting in the fear and moving through it and then you know do, doing the any lists that you might need to do or um, so what do I need to work with? Okay. If this happens, then this, if this happens, then this, if this happens, then this as much as I can control, mm. obviously, because it's a big part of yeah. universe and surrender in there as well. And then I can move forward into, okay, I've done that, put it, you know, it's, it's to the side, it's completed. And now I can focus in my, my positive, if you want to call it positive intent or your, just your intent really mm. of, or we we feel at ease, um, yeah. So I feel like that process was given to me with with that second pregnancy, and then so yeah, I try and use it a little bit more with um, the the guilt and and shame and things like that when that comes up too. That I don't just try and discredit. I just try and take what the messages I guess coming through. For me. It's it's beautiful. I, I love this sort of inquiry over this because I you know I had this. Um... I'm just trying to think of her name, a beautiful, beautiful woman. And she was talking about how society wounds its members and, and uh, you know, it's in three ways. One is shame, mm. one is um, betrayal, and the final one is abandonment, you know. Mm. And, and, you know, if we, if we look at that mechanism within us and and she said the worst one is shame is because shame is different to guilt. Guilt is I made a mistake, whereas shame is I am the mistake. And that really sat very powerful with me. That's been something that I've really worked through with with yeah. life and choices, and and you know, um, and the way I've you know conducted myself. And it's interesting, you know, from a parenting and then a grandparenting. You know, it's you know you're a bad kid. No, 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 no. The behaviour that you're doing at this point in time is, mm. is having quite a contrary impact yeah. on the environment <laughs> around you. But you were it, it ain't beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. and, and amazing. And I think, but it's also too the seeds of, you know, how we can feel shame, guilt, and fear, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how we, we, you know, 
we want to move away from. I mean, you and I sort of met through a course with the quantum movement, you know, that's how yeah. we sort of connected in, which was an absolutely beautiful space. Mm. And, uh, and I think from day dot, as soon as I heard you open your mouth, I went, oh, my God, she's amazing. <laughs> you know? um, but <laughs> thank you. And, 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 uh, and uh, you know, and what's really amazing about it is is that instead of pushing these things away, we actually let them have their expression and, and you know, not the expression as far as controlling a life, but as far as... Yeah the release of it and sitting in that women's that beautiful home birthing healing after birth group to be able to have that expression and maybe the first time you've really sort of had that vulnerability to express you know yeah. uh, I, I think Brené Brown who talks about vulnerability which I think's you know in, incredible um I think the the beauty of vulnerability is if you've got a group that holds space that mm. is healing yeah. The terrible thing about vulnerability is if you're in a corporate environment where the sociopaths and psychopaths, you know, <laughs> to, 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 you know, annihilate you sort of thing and, and mimic that. Yeah. I, think, I think that's what's really quite amazing, amazing about, um, and, and also I, I love this, how, you know, the pronoia concept of life, you know, where it's conspiring, conspiring for you. Mm, yeah and, and and rather than conspiring against you as in paranoia and uh and that pronoia idea of actually moving forward you know this is what you've experienced all right now let's work w w let's work a healing with that mm, yeah. um what's healing to you what do you, how do you define healing what's healing oh wow mm. that's a huge question that's a, that's a big one sorry that just dropped in I just, let's yeah, yeah. Go there. <laughs> what's healing to me mm. Mm. I think it's um, awareness probably for me. Um, yeah. Um, awareness to curiosity, to exploration or not. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Feeling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, a, and attention, I guess, in, um, in a lot of ways as well, you know, um, yeah, like actually giving that love and attention to, you know, if some, you know, if something's re requiring healing. But then I guess, yeah, is it is healing only when there's something out of balance, or you know, is is there that in, intention of, um, you know, just love? Like if I'm thinking about, you know, offering love to the land, for example, there's that element of the healing for it, but it's from a place of already being whole as well just as is because there has to be all these different um parts doesn't there to to have a yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you know is is the is the illness actually what we mentally define as an illness or is it just this mm. thing yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I believe i think i think works um because I, I I love the word you see, you tapped into healing and wholeness. You know, healing's a return to wholeness, isn't it? In some respects, mm. you know, and yeah. and then you know to look at your life. I mean, I I I find it beautiful. The theme that seems to flow is this. Oh, the word that keeps coming to mind is harmony. You know, mm. you've come from the the music industry, which is about creating harmonies. Mm. Um, you know, to then to find that harmony within yourself within birth and then to actually bring forth a new harmony within the, you know, which is probably what we're looking at with moving into the, from the mother to the, the, the maga um, yeah. and, and then even into the crone 
years mm. as well is that there's a there's a different expression of harmony where we're now and I, what do you you said something beautiful you know it's a different sort of fertility a different sort of birthing you know mm. as you move into those which is which is quite quite interesting so let's yeah. you want to go there let's let's go there with the, the <laughs> you know the, the 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 pre-menopause and and you know the the experience of of what that is what does that mean as far as the the evolution of you yeah 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 it's pretty massive and i think you know i could never sit here and speak for it for what every woman's going to um you know experience um where i've been taken taken with it is um finding a, a place where we i can explore with lots of questions so i can get my exploration and what i I come up with and then yeah what other women perhaps will explore and then there'll be the women too who don't have any need to explore whatsoever because they you know like my mum being one of them she I asked her about her her menopause and she literally just stopped bleeding when she was about 45 and you know nothing else I mean I'm sure there might have been other things that um she may have experienced that could have possibly had something to do with hormones or Mm -hmm. change it's hard to know but she didn't have anything else so you know why she doesn't necessarily need to do this exploration. Mm. Um, whereas for me, I just feel like, um, well, like I guess I've just been so aware of um, my body, I guess, since I had my second son, you know, I've really enjoyed playing with my cycles and how I feel in the different parts of my cycle. So, you know, you have the the spring, the summer, the autumn, the winter, every moon season for myself. Mm. And that also can feel different for each woman. And But I can then, you know, bring a little bit of that masculine structure and then go in my diary, well, this is where I'm going to be. So maybe I wanna, won't want to do that here because in my autumn I'm going to want to be alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. You know, and these different things. And then <clears throat> so we kind of get this practice, I guess, in every part of our um, moon cycle mm-hmm. of what that marga that autumn phase of our life is perhaps going to be like, um, you know, and I'm trying to read a lot and talk to lots of women about what they're moving through in this phase of their life. I'm at the kind of beginning, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm 44 and, um, yeah, I've definitely started. I now can no longer, unfortunately, rely on my moon cycles. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, so that has felt really chaotic for me because I've really enjoyed um, that phase mm. um, and that deep sense of wanting to be alone, um, which I've definitely had for probably almost a couple of years now. Like I just go through phases where I just, I just really, really want to be in my just my own energy, and it's mm. really intense, um, like a yearn, like a yearning <laughs> kind yeah, of. Yeah, just yeah. To, to be there and then you know just starting to be more aware of um of where I'm perhaps moving I I can see why um and that's another thing that can be quite different in our society now is you know we've a lot of women had children a little bit later um so I had you know my first son when I was 32 my second son when I was 35 and um you know, so I'm starting to move into Marga while well, I'm still very firmly entrenched in being a mother. So they're mm. eight and 12 now. So, you know, I'm still going to be a mum 
and doing mum stuff. Well, I'm always going to be a mum, but, you know, doing mm. the real mothering stuff for at least another eight years. So, like, my whole MAGA kind of cycle moving through my menopause journey is going to be um, still firmly entrenched in mother duties while I'm also trying to find myself. And I think that's where I was going with that kind of new birth is um, I feel like it's a phase where we get to reimagine who or reimagine and remember who we actually are. Um, Because I feel like, you know, from being a child, you, you know, we, we're so conditioned with our our whole lives of who we are to become and and you've got you know that one part of you that's always going to be your soul self that's your personality but you've got that real conditioned layer of how that mm. that soul self is um you know broadcast into the world and i feel like getting to this this space i can feel the things that are happening of you know, when we did the work and the quantum movement, but I feel like it, it naturally happens where you're going, that's not mine. I don't care about that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this was given to me from someone telling me this is how I should act or think or have my opinions or, mm. you know, any of these things. And I can just feel that, that part of me crumbling away. Um, mm. So I feel, and I don't feel like menopause is like one transition. I feel like it's many tiny transitions over you know perhaps a decade which then you know has been ultimately a big transition but it's a kind of a long Mm. a long-term one and so many little things happen in there so we've got like big um you know well for me for me this is how I feel about it I I love exploring I love the curiosity and I love seeing where things come you know from me um oh where did that come from is that something that is you know, did that just come from me or is that some, you know, somebody else or um, mm. an expectation that I'm wearing or, yeah, so it's, it's interesting just feeling the, the beginning of a the falling away so you can imagine this new life of living, you know, more, yeah, holy in your soul, your soul, your soul self and like, yeah, being very. It's incredible, isn't it? I, I love that. I, I love your description of that because I think, you know, the thing that sort of, you know, if we look at it, and one of the, the the downloads I've I've had for myself is that you know is that we you know the there is this you know when a child is born they're very much externally identified you know everything's external there's not an internal real identity per se it's about the only thing that that sort of draws them internally is is the almost like the reflexes that you know I'm hungry um, I'm uncomfortable I'm cold. I don't mm. feel well, I feel separated or whatever it might be or um, it might be. And then, then we've got the primal reflexes, you know, you put your hand in their finger and they grab onto it and it's a palmer mm. reflex and you've got the Babinski and, the, you know, the, the gallant reflexes and all these reflexes that, that you know, the outside world is just stimulating them to actually then start to gain postural control and then start mm. to move forward into, into the world around them. But there is a, and we see it with a lot of traditions, I think within the, the Jewish tradition, you've got the, the bar, bath mitzvah or the bar mitzvah, so the male or the female version of that, or female male version in that order. And, you know, this 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 this, this ability to celebrate, you, and, you know, and you see it with even some of the other tribes where it's like, you know, it's no longer the connection with the mother, you're now out. And mm. even a changing of a name, 
you know, with mm. with some cultures and or or an addition of that. So there's that what it's trying to do is actually bring a personality that was created for if you stay in that external identity, then you stay in the a personality that's created for you. But mm. if you're able to internally flip that, then you can actually then birth the personality of who you are or the expression yeah. of who you are. And I think yeah. this is what we, again, just everything is these beautiful sort of cycles. And and with that, there's a there's a death moment with as you change into a new cycle. And sometimes it's the, you know, it's it's that movement, you know, you, 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 it's a slow sort of tr- transition, as you're saying, like over a 10-year mm-hmm. period as a, as things begin to change and the, and it's also the celebration, the letting go of that, which is what we see with like Beltane and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Moved out of that into this new phase, and mm-hmm. you know that didn't just happen on one day. You know, there was this gradual movement as we yeah. as, as the the Earth changes in its you know how it's orbiting and stuff, and mm-hmm. and so we see the seasons phase in, phase out, and and same yeah. with life. There's this beautiful overlap that go. Mind you, I'm trying to work out the weather in Newcastle <laughs> at the moment. You know, it's 30 <laughs> degrees one day and 21 the next day. You know. <laughs> Bit of a you know, work your cycle, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, you can't really predict it. But I, but I think this is what we're, we're we're finding. You know, is this God? There's so many directions I'd love to chat with you, and and, and I'm just gonna. <laughs> but I, let's let's move let's move towards yeah. What is what is the Marga and the Crone? What does that represent to you? What is what's coming forward for you in those years? Yeah, that, that expression. Yeah. Well, that, that's where when I first heard the term um, Marga was only a couple of years ago. So, you know, when a lot of the more goddess um, traditions or things around women's circles have that triple goddess, which was the maiden mother crone. And that's still the most widely, like, kind of known, that, that triple-ness um, as well. Oh, have I lost you there? Uh, I've got you still. Sorry, sorry, I thought my computer... I was paused. But, yeah, um, I heard this uh, woman speaking um, to the fourth um, goddess archetype. So in between mother and crone is the maga. So because we now live live longer, you know, we, you know, you can't, if, if you go through menopause at 50, you can still live to, you know, 100. So, mm. yeah, so can we really, I don't know, for me, like, I love the crone archetype and I have no, I'm not scared of going there. So it's not being a, it's not that I want to add another um, or that people want to add another archetype to not get to crone so early, but it, it's like almost an honoring of the crone more like that. That's, mm. you know, elder woman, that one, one that hits whether it's 65, 70, 75, you know, around that time where they really move into that crone. Um, so I don't feel like I could claim crone, you know, um, within, you know, even the next 10 years, really, I, mm. I, you know, I feel like, and that Marga has that reimagining and it's, and it's almost like an extended mother, mother phase. So you have, um, you know, cause that crone, you, you're that wise, um, <clears throat> elder that is, is there for your community, but actually life is for you too. Whereas the, the Marga, I feel like you're moving into this space of, um, who could you be if you wanted to? For me, it's like who could I be for my community? Like, um, who, how can I um, assist my and guide my community in this wisdom that I now um, have from the life that I've lived? So for me, it's it is around you know how can girls work with their moon cycles to really be empowered with their menstruation and and things like that? How and then how can how can I work with mums that are um, 
you know, going to give birth? Like how, how could I help them perhaps with their fears or mm. um, anything moving through and, you know, just bringing back birth to that beautiful thing that our bodies do. That's not a medical event. And, um, not at know, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the same. So it's all tra- that transitionary kind of thing of, you know, and even if people don't have babies, you know, that you're still being birthed into this beautiful world of creation of what are you creating and putting into the world whether it's physical biological life or something that that you're birthing into Mm. into the world so there's so much in that mother and then yes that marga just brings that um yeah it's it's like a um yeah just that real in between of mother and crone basically Mm. yeah the elder wisdom um the breaking down of self and the new the new life the new person that you are but it but she comes with wisdom and um and yeah sovereignty and yeah it just I don't know I just I just think it gives and and it makes sense like the seasons you know I work with the seasons all the time so it makes so much sense to me that we have a the autumn you know the the summer maiden the sorry the spring maiden the summer mother and the autumn maga and the winter crone you know um so you know and that the autumn itself brings so much knowledge into what the marga is too, because it's the releasing and letting go, you know, just like the, the leaves. And then it's the, the composting of the leaves, um, mm. creating nourishing soil for, for new life. And um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's, there's mm. so much possibility there. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. amazing. I, I, what I, what I really sort of, you know, what sort of comes to to mind is is how we sort of moved away from generational living and mm-hmm. you know and part of that is you know that that you know at, at each of those ages where you would see the the the, the expression of of the crone or the the marga or the mother or, or the maiden is that you know you can have very old people who are still in the maiden mm. you know they haven't they haven't flipped that internal you know an external identity to an internal mm. and you know and so the the dysfunction of that sort of comes forward you know as you know because you see you know it's it's i'm in a situation where we, we're living with my my beautiful wife's mother and you, you see where she how she sort of views the world you know, and it's yeah. through her eyes, and you sort of there's a couple of head tilts, like really, you know. Yeah. Um, it might be a more beautiful way of viewing the world, and yeah. um, but I think you know that it is the world we we live in. So how do we navigate this now? And I think the beauty of it is is the, and this is probably why we 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 there's been a sort of real yearning over the last few years um, of tribe, of mm. community, um, yeah. you know. Um, I'm reminded of, you know, the term, you know, blood is thicker than water. And the interpretation is normally always that blood is your your parents and your siblings and all that sort of stuff. But in actual fact, it's not. Yeah. It's actually water of the womb is um, the connection. And so blood is actually a, is a chosen um, connection. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a deliberate um, contracting from a sovereign place. Mm. Uh, and I think there's a real strength and beauty in that because now we can actually move into, you know, we have a, you know, it's not the rejection of family 
as in the the, the water family, but yeah. there is a there is a connection with the with the the, the blood family, you know, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a deliberate stepping into that space, and and yeah. it's a, a contracted not in the sense of a legally binding contractor, but it's contracted in the sense of I'm standing in my sovereignty and you're in so your sovereignty, and we can have, which is what I, I guess you know the the true representation of like marriage, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of commitment, you know, it doesn't have to be the the pomp and ceremony but that that commitment yeah. but i but i think this is what we've what i'm starting to find more and more is that you know as as a world has you know in a lot of areas seems to have fragmented uh, you know there's a there's there's this beautiful navigation that's going on of people beginning to actually start to dance together you know from a different sort of elevated frequency and again it's not i'm better than you or or worse than you it's just that it's just that real sort of knowing of who they are and and how you were saying you you just really crave that that individuation that space yourself and that Mm. you know you know and and it's but not only do you crave it it's the it's the importance of it isn't it yeah it's the importance of being able to find there's a lovely i was listening to an interview many moons ago and it was this pianist and she'd gone to this new teacher and she was, she was quite an amazing pianist, this lady. And she went to this new teacher and the new teacher was a very gruff Eastern European lady. And she says, what is your goal? What, what are your dreams? And she goes, I want to be a great pianist. And she goes, you're only good at the moment. She goes, what's the difference between good and great? She went, mm, well, I don't know. She said, it's the gaps between the notes. Mm. And that's always resonated with me. And I think that's those drop-in moments that we find in presence mm-hmm. where we actually find that those moments of, you know, being able to drop in and individuate. And so then we can re we can recontract with people, you know, we can cut yeah. those ties of the ones that we don't. I'm actually gonna have a beautiful chat with um with Katie. Um oh, cool. mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about um energetic entanglement. Yeah, cool. uh, which which would be amazing. That's been something that's really sat in her space, and I think, you know, we, we've had a couple of juicy conversations, you know, yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. gonna, you know, it's going to be lovely to actually sort of step into that space even more, which is yeah, great. Cool. so. What are you doing in you know, you, you you've created this group because I know I, I, that when it came up, I just I, I flicked it across to my beautiful wife, Cat, um, you know, to be able to you know, connect in and 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 see what's in that space. And um so what are you what what are you creating in New Zealand in in your your beautiful woman's circle there with that? Yeah, thank you. Um yes, it's very new at the moment. So I've just opened that group. It's um you're revealing the wise woman through perimenopause or perimenopause and menopause. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah just an exploration really. So my um plan is to uh, launch this next year in, in autumn um, as we walk in the, walking the autumn path um, yeah. yeah yeah and it's um, it's going to be a series of yeah in-person circle workshops or explorations um, maybe a couple of retreats and also an online course as well um, which will eventually go on to be a self-learning one um, yeah once it's done as well so yeah just just a really big exploration into the more spiritual um, emotional psychological um, kind of aspects I feel like the physical is really well covered and we we can we can talk about it like there's aspects of the physical you know like um, 
I guess reimagining different things like you know if women are experiencing things like hot hot um, flashes and things like that is you know how can we really feel deeply into this fire this forging fire of what it is you know what it is um so instead of like oh I'm experiencing this thing that doesn't feel pleasant you know and it reminds that it reminds me of you know giving birth you know, of my second son you know feeling the the surges of um the movement of the body and the surrender to go um okay open open to this and it's, so it's the same thing with um you know experiencing like a, a hot flash or in, anything that you might experience like how can i lean into this as a gateway to my transformation mm. as opposed to pulling away um, bringing it oh. yeah, back <laughs> so, that's right yeah so leaning into the the gateway of your transformation i think that's mm. the that's i think this is what's really important about this is 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 that you know we we're in we if we stay in the, the maiden or the um What's the what's the boy version, the masculine version of that? I guess it's the, I guess it's the boy, isn't it? You know. Um, yeah. And the you, warrior probably. <laughs> yeah, they're moving into the warrior side, but um, but if we stay in that phase, then then we we carry through our life that we move away from discomfort. We always want to have the people to take the discomfort away, mm. and uh, and in actual fact, you know. It's being able to lean into that space and actually go. What are you trying to show me? I, I, I love the terminology is forging fire. You know, it's mm. very alchemical by nature, mm. isn't it? It's, it's there's yeah. alchemy there in that. There. Yeah, and that, that's the magic. You know, yeah, I, I know. With sorry, I've got something um, I was reading on my phone, and I'll just bring it up because it actually talked about the four stages of well, the, the four archetypes that a guy Robert Moore, who sort of oh, yeah. out of Jung. And he talks about the four archetypes of the mature masculine as the king, warrior, magician, and lover. But mm. the magician is such an interesting one, you know. And you know, is is is, and I and I see that with there is that real sort of, you know, the forging of the fire, you know, mm. the 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 alchemical refining, you know, mm. that, that actually goes on with the fire, sort of thing. It's it's quite fat. I never realised that. I never sort of drew that you know connection again you know this is a male looking at an external yeah, environment. yeah. yeah. But, you know it's also I, I want to understand this so in that if i if i have an understanding of this then there's also the wisdom of not being the dysfunctional male which is the rescuer mm. you know, um the knight in shining armor sort of thing yeah. but yeah. that it's actually the one who you know it's the ultimate king who is also um mm. humble servant as well you yeah. know which is which is the perfect scenario or you know analogy of the king and you know so being able to hold that space for cat you know as she's experiencing that yeah how are you going for time <laughs> you know i'm you're, fine yeah. you're all yeah. you're all good because i yeah. there's something I'd, and again you know it might be for another conversation because i'd love to chat with you and especially when you come into that that you know the the autumn next year as you as mm. you as you're bringing forth for birthing this new new experience, um, this new group, but I but I think um, you know one of the things that you know, um, and I was chatting with my sister Danny, and we mentioned about you know her, you know off off camera her her, her thoughts on on menopause and yeah and you know and it's it's interesting when I've chatted with Kat, you know we're having a good chat about 
her relationship with her cycle for all her life and it was horrendously painful mm. you know? and and what i've learned about uh nutrition what i've learned about you know um endometriosis um the impact that that what we consume can actually have on that uh, yeah the impact of the environment around with you know the the phenoestrogens the xenoestrogens the mm. You know the the way that life is processed. You know, yeah. um, or the food is processed, and and then the you know the impact of a high, you know, what I feel is a you know a high carbohydrate diet that yeah. seems to be you know whether it's the carbohydrate or whether it's the chemicals that are utilised within that that's causing mm-hmm. causing them. And then then the advent of the the, the pill, which has, yeah. has has you know you could argue has revolutionised. You know, in some respect, a degree of power back to the woman around there, you know, around fertility and and mm-hmm. pregnancy and all that sort of stuff and sexuality. But I think the other aspect of things you've introduced something in there that is actually not that is imposing, uh, you know, how the cycle should work or would work. Okay. And mm-hmm. and I and I saw and the thing that you know, Cat and um, when we first. Uh, well, pretty soon after we got together, um, uh, I think it was 2016, she uh, had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, what we saw was that, that there was a direct correlation, and I, and I would actually argue causation, with the contraceptive pill that she was mm-hmm. on. And it was interesting. And the reason why it was we're pretty confident it was a causation, uh, it was a definite stroke. You know, I, I remember having to carry, I had her in the car, and, mm. and and I remember rushing, you know, in hindsight I probably should have called an ambulance, but, you know, the instinct kicked in. I just went, go. Yeah. Got her there and, and I brought her in and I've yelled, oh, she's having a stroke. And, and they, you know, they slowed everything down and filled in the forms. And I was thinking, for frig's sake, just get on with it, guys. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, they, they – they, she had the experience of that and but what was even more profound is is that she actually stepped away uh you know I, we just said you got to get off this pill uh, yeah and i think it was one of the doctors actually suggested that it might be the pill um, yeah. and so she went off it and what was quite amazing about that is a lot of the symptoms that she was experiencing that she hadn't attributed to that you know her yeah. breathlessness as she was going uh, under exertion um you know the the cloudiness of her thought patterns and all that sort of stuff disappeared. Mm, yeah, and, and and so you 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 know I I think and to to my sister's point, you know our relation her relationship with and you know when she was discussing with Kate, what was your relationship like with your cycle and with you know and it's almost like you know and and Kate won't mind me talking about this is that you know. Now she's moving into this, this you know, the experience of the symptoms of menopause. It's almost like a relief mm. of getting away from her cycle. Um, and she's now in that space of what does that actually mean? Is it something I need to actually be, you know, fantastic? I'm finally get rid of that shit. But, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, I think what she's around about a 23, 24-day cycle at the moment. And one day is incredibly painful you know mm. and yeah. like and it's almost you know she knows it you know and you know and, and it's basically okay well, what do we need to do for that day and and then it's 
you know, and it's like she just wants to get rid of it sort of thing and which, you know, she's also now come and that was part of her exploration and stepping into the space that you, you're creating, you know, and the, the wisdom that you're bringing forth. Or at least, do you know what I love? It's the the, the space to for you, for her to have an inquiry about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting sort of, you know, experience that she's having is, you know, what is, and I, and I think we're missing that in 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 the world around us at the moment, yeah. you know, um, certainly with the girls mm. is, you know, that celebration, I, you know, to be able to break the cycle down into those four phases, which mm. then, you know, then creates the template in some respects for the expression externally yeah in and, yeah. and internally you know of 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 how you move through life i mean yeah. the, that wisdom is just incredible Lindley. i I, mm. I i love that it's just like that just erupts <laughs> for me as far mm. as just that wisdom that sits in that space mm. i'm sitting there going shit how do we work this out for the blokes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, how do we have that intimacy with ourselves for the blokes Yeah, which is I mean, I I haven't, yeah, I I haven't studied, you know, obviously the the men's side as much, but you know, I know know a lot of men talk about like the hero's journey and, um, you know, those types of books, and you know, it's something that I, you know, having sons, you know, I really, really desire that as they move into 13, 14 year olds, um, that they have that that was these rite of passages with men and um yeah have access to other men that can inspire them mm. and be shown you know and do some hard things like they need to get out there and do some i don't know something that is hard and life-changing mm. um yeah whether it's one of those camps where they go you know go off into the wilderness and sailing and um camping style you know things for 10 days or something mm. um or yeah, or whether it's a campfire with all the males from the family and friends, and them all offering offering something to the boys. Um, yeah, mm. I'm still in, still trying to think about you know because we have to create these things. It's like mm. oh, you know, if they're not going to come from, and obviously if I created that, I'd have to create it and then step away from it because I can't control, or I shouldn't be trying to control. Obviously, this um, the masculine impact of. Um, you know my son's lives as well um, but yeah those rites of passage I just think is you know are so important for the boys to be able to step into that um, that change as well because they don't have that that bleed that comes on and and tells you that you know here you are you're in this next you're stepping into the maiden it's like you know what what gives you the sign as a as a man that you're stepping into from a boy to the beginning of manhood and mm. Yeah, it feels like you know that recognition um, from the men in your in your family. For me, like of like, mm. oh, here you are. This is it can just be a birthday, you know, whether it's thirteen or fourteen. You're here, and now you're in this group, and we're going to talk to you about this. Um, yeah, that maybe that's see, all it needs. Yeah. Well, you see the you see the perversion of it is where you know the rite of passage is a turn eighteen, I can get on the piss, you know, and yeah, yeah. you know, and or. You know where we we see you know within the sporting environments you know there's there's an amazing ability within a sporting environment to 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 you know maybe emulate some of those transitions into but again what it's wrapped up in a lot of the times seems to be a very 
you know, the it's boys teaching boys, you know, and yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, and I think, yeah, the, it's an interesting one because there's not a lot with with boys that really sort of connect in with their body. You know, there's obviously that transition as as we move into the puberty and and yeah. uh, the the external version of that is you get hair and you get a bit bigger and your voice, you know, breaks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, but then there's also the the gangliness of it, and uh, you know, and and the, the you know, the, who am I? And no one yeah. around you is sort of having those intimate conversations about things. You know, it's interesting. You know, because that. You talk about you know shame and guilt, which is interesting. It's probably if I had any any shame and guilt, most of it's around you know the 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 choices I've I could have made, and that you know with 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 my kids, and which is just in my head, you know, because yeah. the reality is is that what is done is done, but my relationship with what is done, you know, what does Wayne Dyer say? You know, we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change, and so yeah. something that is traumatic becomes. You know, something that is actually a, a liberator. Mm. You know? um, it doesn't have to be a trauma moving forward. It was a traumatic experience, but there is a, and so yeah. So to be able to, but again, you know, it's it's being able to actually have the uh, that generational side of things. So I think yeah. I mean, it's you know that we we have a very high percentage of suicide within the blokes environment mm. as well, and. Um, you know, and I'll actually be interviewing a good mate of mine. He's got a, a thing called "Grab Life by the Balls," which is uh-huh. a very catchy phrase. And yeah. and and then another mate of mine who's set up a thing called the Junso, which is a men's group, and that's already had a direct impact. One guy was prepared to top himself and was talked yeah. off off the ledge, sort of thing. And and so, you know, this, you know, where we stay in this external perverse identity you know it's being able to flip that in but i think this this will be something i want to really explore certainly with the masculine but i think it is so important that us blokes step into the understanding of the feminine you know and, mm. and understanding what what's going on and and you know at the very least in being able to the wisdom of holding space uh, yeah to be able yeah. to do that because you know we're on this earth together and we dance together um, yeah you know, but as, as separate individuals, God, we could just keep talking. <laughs> I, seriously, I've, I've just got, I've got notes everywhere, but and which is which is amazing. But but I, I, we might call it there. We might call it. Is there anything sort of sitting for you that you want to sort of express a little bit more, or are you you good? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think um, yeah, just listening to you with that, I think yeah, it'd be, I, I hope you do explore that on mm. some of your podcasts, and I, I would love to. Uh, listen to some yeah more more wisdom around um mm. the masculine too definitely and uh, for for my boys I mean I definitely am very open with my experiences with everything so you know it's mm. um nothing is taboo in our in our mm. household so my 12 year old son's you know he's very open in um talking about uh, changes that he might experience or maybe is starting to experience or um you know when I'm bleeding um or anything you know it's just I I'm always very open about that, that this is going to be the day that I'm going to just want to have you know a lot of um, downtime for myself and yes that I'm very aware of that um and you know I can my 12 year old was talking to his 13 year old um friend that's a girl the other day and they were talking about um you know periods and bleeding mm. and um so it's it's nice that they have that 
comfort. There's no um, ick factor or, you know, things like there might have been from our more of our generation. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I think these things can just be just really normalised if we just talk talk about, you know, have the conversations and, yeah. Well, we move away from the, you know, the, the perverse uncleanliness religiosity that sort of has has permeated through that 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 the feminine experience and and i think what brings it forward is is the wisdom that you're bringing forward with the you know the 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 seasons within the cycle um you know and i think um you know what what really births that forward is is the presence of of and the courage which i, I love the word courage and you know, for me, courage isn't just about climbing over a trench. Just mm. sort of worked at courage is the first movement inwards where you own it. There's ownership. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that. You know, we've we've got to come into ourselves to be able to express out. And what you're expressing out is just beautiful. And Thank you. you know, yeah. it, it tears me up a bit. You know, with mm. with with what you're bringing forward, and I and I'm. I'm so looking forward to future discussions, Lindley, and um, yeah, I'm 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 really keen to get over to NZ and catch up with with the crowd. Yeah, we'll there we closer, go. And, you know, we'll come out and do a you know a bit of a, a bit of a catch up and and, and chat with person, which would which would be amazing. All that right. would that really would. Well, well I'll, I'll hit stop on the record, but uh, um, yeah, but uh, and we'll have a quick quick chat anyway. Just sure. to Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been beautiful and love listening to your your wisdom as well, Duncan. Yeah. Uh, big love to you. Thanks, Lily. Thank you. See ya. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.